Danny J. And I'm Jill Coleman. Welcome to the Best Life Podcast. Here, we talk about everything from success, money, relationships, and entrepreneurship to productivity, honest communication, positive psychology, and how to cultivate an abundance mindset. Make money, travel the world, deepen your relationships, live full out. This is the best life. Are you ready? Hi. I have to get my energy up for this, though. I know. So I was telling my guy we're going to talk about sex, and he goes, make it a quickie. But a bum Very cute. <laughs> no. People want. So we actually asked recently on the uh, Insta what you guys wanted and questions, and you guys loved Rennell Nelson's sex. Uh, what is it? Noir Sex Therapist. Yep. You guys love that episode with Rennell. People are like, more sex, more dating, more sex, more dating. We know you guys are fucking horny. Mm-hmm. Just, and dirty. And no one <laughs> wants to admit it. <laughs> but you are. And it's okay. Because we I, talk about all the things. I loved Rennell. I think it was funny because our editor was like, if we made a drinking game after every time she said, suck a dick. <laughs> hey. It literally... I'll, if you can talk, if you can suck a dick, if you, you can, can talk. talk. Yeah. <laughs> I loved it. So we want to talk about all things. Uh, we actually recorded this episode, like, um, I don't even know, two months ago. Yeah. It was fire. Two or three months ago. It was so good. And for some reason, 20 something minutes in, it stopped recording. And it was like, we ended it and we were laughing and it was so good. And then we looked and like, why did it stop? So we don't know what we're doing still. It's a year and a half into the podcast and we still mess up technically. I know. Which sucks. Should be. Maybe we should uh, release a 20-minute episode. We kind of should. Maybe. maybe like, here's a teaser. Here's the where it just got cut off, where it was just getting good. It was. It was just, I think you ended it by just saying, like, get yours. Yeah. Like, basically that. That was the whole summary. The, the whole summary of the podcast was get yep. yours. So we want to talk about married sex. We want to talk about single sex. We want to talk about frequency of sex. Like, how often should you or, sh- I don't know, not really should, but we'll talk about that. Talk about masturbating, porn. All the things. Yeah, all of it. So I was actually, one of the stories I told, and I want to tell this again, was I was in Utah visiting a girlfriend, and I went out with a bunch of other girls. They were all married, uh, except me. So I think there was five of us, and I was the single one. And all of them had, like, young children, you know, under three years old. And the main topic of conversation was that... They were basically all trying to avoid having sex with their husbands. They'd be like, oh, my husband wants it all the time. And I like purposely don't shower or wash my hair. So he like won't touch me. And I'm just sitting there like, oh, my God, I really am horny all the time. So I would love to have sex right now. And it was just kind of funny because, you know, I remember being in like being married and sometimes feeling that way. Uh, and uh, first off, I don't, I never had kids, so I can't even imagine the exhaustion that you would feel with toddlers and little ones and then feeling like you have to do that again, you know, on top yeah, of everything. Yeah, it's weird. It's like, it's, it, it literally is the thing that feels the best on earth. And why does it sometimes feel like a chore? Yeah, it and does. And by the way, we're not judging it. Like, again, we have no idea what that's like. And I do think that everyone is entitled to like how they feel about sex, but it's so odd to me that it's. So when you hear people say like, oh, and it's definitely happened to me at times too. Like, why does it feel like a chore sometimes? You know, I think it's just like the, 
the ramping up energy and getting like turned. I don't know. So, I mean, I remember for me in my marriage, there was a time where it did feel like a chore. When I was going through my adrenal fatigue healing, I was so tired all the time. And it just felt like I would rather go to sleep, like sleep would feel better than an orgasm. I'm like, yes. <laughs> a nap would feel really, really, like sex feels great, but have you ever tried sleeping? Yeah. <laughs> feels that like, should be a meme of yours. Yeah, definitely feels like a meme. And I remember thinking, I had heard somewhere, like some quote or seen it somewhere, basically, like if you don't give it to your husband, he's going to get it somewhere else. So mm. I always had in the back of my mind that I needed to fill, fulfill my wifely duties. And well, so- that, Remember Renelle said that on the podcast too. She was like, it's like going to the grocery store full versus hungry. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Did you agree with that? I mean, you know, there's a th- yes and no. You know, I mean, there's a truth to it. There's definitely a truth to it. Defensive but al- fucking? But also. Just but, like, mean- let me give you a BJ really quick before you leave the house just to make sure you don't get it anywhere <laughs> else. Does that actually work? Well, okay. So coming, yeah, to that point, like another friend in that group, she was kind of the opposite of everyone else. Everyone in the Everyone but me. Okay, there's five of us. Three of them were complaining, saying they don't want sex. The other one, and then there's me. I'm kind of just not saying a word. And then the other one is like, I have sex with my husband every night because I'm afraid of him cheating on me because he had in the past. Um. And so she was constantly, and the thing is, he just did it again recently. Mm. So I'm like, she could you know, try to prevent by having, what it, what would you call it? Prevention sex. Yeah, de- defensive And it still sex. didn't work because defensive it's not about, because ultimately, right, like cheating and all that isn't about the sex. No. You know, and that's one of the things that I think we mentioned this before, but it was interesting whenever you and I have like in certain, for people who maybe have not gone through infidelity, whenever we've talked about it with them, it's almost like um, they're scared they're going to catch it. Or they're looking mm-hmm. for like trying to figure out the thing they can do to prevent it. So they they'll would say like in hushed voices to me and you, they would say, is it because you weren't having a lot of sex? And we'd be like, no, like mm-hmm. I know for me, I was having sex like, you know, three times a week up yep. until we, you know, even while he was having the affair. And of course, like when I was competing too, maybe it would go to like once a week or once every like 10 days. But yep. You know, I just think it's not about that. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, even when you talk to, to men and obviously it's a huge generalization, but they usually tend to cite something emotional. Mm-hmm. Like I wasn't feeling appreciated or she didn't need me or it was all about the kids and I felt, you know, uh, invisible. Like all those kind of things. It's not about the sex, not about like if you suck the dick enough, then they're not going to cheat. It's really <laughs> not even about the physical act yep. as much as it is. So it's interesting. I feel like, what do you think about couples who are together for a really long time and they don't have a lot of sex or they never have sex? Is that okay? <sighs> It's okay. Of course it's okay. If I think as long as there's an agreement there, I think that, yeah, I think that some couples are less sexual than others. Some of them need it more. I think there needs to be conversation going in. Cause I, I believe actually, I remember dating the guy before my husband and he was like, when I have, when I get married, I still expect a lot of sex. And cause you hear, you know, TV perpetuates this kind of stuff mm-hmm, in movies yeah. of like, once you're married, you never have sex. And so he was like, that is not going to happen to me. And so that wasn't something very important to him going into a marriage. And I think a lot of times women, I know I did this too. I think we just tend to like, you can use sex to get a man or real a man or like give lots of blowjobs. And as soon as you're married, you're like, fuck, I'm not sucking his dick anymore. Like I already got him. (laughs) So it happens. And maybe, maybe not even consciously, it just does happen. Like the oral starts happening less. Mm. The frequency is happening less because life happens. I mean, there's no, like, it's not like it's a bad thing. It's just life happens and you get busy and 
you're just not as like wanting to see each other and rip each other's clothes off. Yeah. But I think that there does need to be a conversation of like, hey, if we're getting married, like this is still really important to me. And what is an acceptable frequency? I think even Rennell said that too, of like yeah. maybe if one person wants to do it six days a week and one person's like wants to do it twice, then where do you find that middle ground? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really interesting when you say um, that it kind of like you're not wanting to rip each other's clothes off anymore. Mm-hmm. It's like, can that be prevented? You know what I mean? I guess, you know, especially when I was married, like the sex was always good, but we always kind of knew what it was going to be. Yeah. It's always kind of like, okay, like it's in that like seven to 12 minute range. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like we kind of knew that, like, I guess there's a familiarity about that. That's yeah. nice that like, you know, we knew how to touch each other. We knew how to like all that stuff. So it was really like easy to get off because it just yep. wasn't hard. Like you weren't like trying to figure it out. But at the same time, there is that kind of like mundaneness about it that, you know, how do you or can you continue to have that, that, that like passionate feeling, you know, like obviously you like love the person, you appreciate mm-hmm. them, whatever. And, and I think that's more important, by the way, I do think like that deeper, like love, but sex is such a strong expression of love. We've talked about this in the love languages episode, you know, mine's definitely physical touch number one. And so I feel a lot closer to the person. That's why like I, I had a really, I've had a really, I've obviously had a lot of, not a lot, but I've had a good amount of one night stands. Mm-hmm. And at the, and that's those times I'm often like the least aroused. Hmm. I mean, I'm probably drinking too. So that's different. But like, <laughs> you know, it's like I'm not, it feels very like mechanical. Yeah. It feels like fine. Like we're going to do this and like we're going to get off. But it feels very like, I don't know, plastic. Kind of like just not, I don't know, not as organic. I think when it comes to like trying to keep the passion, that's why people try different well as Renell would call them kinks like you try something was that also why people stray in a way like it's like the novelty of like i mean i forget who what comedian it was it was just like if it's a new pussy we want it right like men like if it's a new pussy we want it like that's that's why i used to dye my hair all the time when i was married (laughs) i'm like now you're fucking a new girl i'm blonde (laughs) and now i'm brunette Maybe, (laughs) maybe that's it you just keep it fresh keep the hair fresh maybe that's all it takes you know what I wanted to say something actually thinking about this of letting, like letting yourself go. Yeah. Because there tends to be, I remember when I was younger, I dated this guy and he was like, if my wife got fat, then I wouldn't want to be with her. And I was like, you're such a chauvinist pig and blah, blah, blah. But now I kind of can understand how if my partner let themselves go or if I married them at a certain weight and they put on 40, 50, 60 pounds or more, that would affect my attraction to them and not I would still love them, but it would be harder to be attracted to did, them. Um, did your ex-husband like ever like gain a significant amount of weight when you guys were together? He did actually yeah. early on. Yeah. Early on. And I remember um, it was before we were married and I was a little bit turned off, but he put, he got it under wraps quickly. I never said anything, but definitely it did bother me. Yeah. How about you? You know, it's interesting. I was on a, I was on a podcast as a guest a couple weeks ago and it was two men that they were the podcast hosts and it was kind of like a call-in show so they had questions that they were answering and they were kind of answering questions about relationships and dating and one of the questions was from a woman actually and she said my fiance has been uh he sold his company he was a ceo of a company or something like that of a startup he ended up selling his company like nine months ago and she said, I really am concerned because he hasn't been doing anything since. He's been like on the couch. He's been really lazy. And we're about to get married. How can I know that he's going to be ambitious? And the guys on the show, 
were saying, well, this guy obviously worked his ass off. He just sold his company, cut him a break, this and that. He deserves time off. And I agreed. But, but, and I was the only, I was the one who said this Mm -hmm. and I was like, I understand that. I said, but you have to understand that like, it's not benign in terms of how she might lose respect and or attraction to him. Mm -hmm. So while it's justified, it's justified that, you know, he wants to like lay on a couch and and play video games for nine months. He just worked his ass off. He just sold his company. I can see that. I can understand it intellectually, but on like a base human attraction, animalistic level. Yep. That's a lot of times what I'm, again, generalizing, but like women are attracted to ambition. They're attracted to men who are driven, successful. And when she got with him, he was like that. And so now, like, just because she doesn't mean she doesn't love him anymore. Doesn't mean she doesn't marry him. But like, there's something about that that registers. Yeah. And that's valid and justified. And they just need to have a conversation. I think that is very similar to what you're talking about. Yeah. Because for men, I think they put a higher, they put like a higher prize on uh, looks yep. and physical appearance. And I want to be with someone who's physically attractive in some way, shape or form, whatever it looks like. And so I think it's also valid to say, and again, it doesn't mean like, you don't love, like the love isn't there or whatever, but you might not want to like have sex quite as much. And I, I think this is probably a controversial thing to say, because again, this is, you know, like we don't want that to be the case, yeah. obviously. And same thing with the guy, like he's justified, you know, a woman goes through like, who knows, like she's adrenal fatigue. She's like all these kind of things. She had a baby, like all justified. But still, mm-hmm. I think it, we would be remiss not to mention all the nuances that happen in those scenarios. Yep. And it doesn't mean like she needs to go to the gym and like work her ass off because we know that doesn't really necessarily equate to. It doesn't mean, yep. you know, we even had Drew Manning on and he said that or, or I think it was Drew, maybe not in our episode, but I heard that, you know, Drew and his wife went through infidelity. And after that, she like got the best shape of her life because right. she thought it was about her not her being looks. attractive enough. Yep. And you and I both said that too. Like, oh, maybe they cheated because I wasn't attractive enough. And it's not that. Yeah. But it does register. And I think all those things are valid and it's yep. important to have that conversation. I think you're so right. And that example that you gave too hits home for me. Like I can see how that would be unattractive when you feel like maybe somebody's being lazy. And and on the other hand, I've seen on the guy side where like, well, she's given up or I think it was Grant. I know Grant Cardone. I don't know where I heard it. If it was Elena said it on her podcast, but basically it was like a year after she had her baby, she hadn't lost the weight and he was like, yo, what's up? And it sounds like a dick thing to say. I actually don't even think it's about the weight yeah. so much as about the attitude, yes. right? It's like, was, are you going to the gym? Are you driven? Are you, do you want to be healthy? Do you I have was, that value system? Yeah. I was just going to say that as part of it, it's like, it's not even necessarily the weight. It's just like maybe just actually getting out of your sweatpants, right? Because I know there was a point where I wore the same onesie pajamas for like five days straight. And I know he did not like that. And I was like, it's fine. I work from home. But there is something to be said about just making an effort, just getting like, oh my God, I need to tell you this story. I was dying laughing. So I don't think I've shared this before. This is so fucking embarrassing. But of course, I'm gonna share it on this. (laughs) When I was competing and I, I'm sure you went through this too. We were, I was eating so many like artificial sweeteners because yeah. I was just like, I just needed sweet. And I was eating all these like sugar-free chocolate things and a shitload of gum and a ton of protein powders that were, had all these fake like sucralose and maltitol and all these kind of like sugar alcohols. And I kid you not, I was like farting for like two years straight. Like I was like, I actually want to write a book about our marriage called Farts Killed My Marriage because honestly, like... <laughs> And it was funny at the time and it wasn't a big deal. Like obviously you're with your spouse and like mm-hmm. you guys are comfortable around, around each other. Like I've even like done number two 
when Jade was in the shower before because it was just like an emergency and we're in a hotel room and like, what are you going to do? Like, so I think that there's something too when you're that close with that person, that like familiarity and that comfort. But again, I don't think it's benign and I don't know that that had an actual like effect on our relationship, but I called Jade up like two weeks ago. And I was like, oh, my God, I need to tell you this. I was like just thinking about this the other day and I was dying laughing. And he was like, what? And I go, remember when I was just like, just like blow ass all the time when we were married? (laughs) And he started dying laughing because he was like, yeah. And he goes, honestly, like it was funny at the time. I go, I will never fucking fart in front of Keith. Yeah. Ever. You know, it's so funny that we're talking about this, too, because you remember I dated a guy about two years ago and he told me he's never farted in front of a woman. And I was like. Nate and I used to fart in front of each other all Just the like time. Fart. But yeah. yeah, I think now I won't do it. I won't do it. I mean, it'll slip out every once in a while. Like, it's fine yeah. if it does, but, like, I won't, like, purposely, like, just let them rip. I mean, it's just, like, I, and I don't know if that's good or bad. I'm not saying that it's good, one way is good or bad. I yeah. just can tell you I'm different <laughs> now yeah. than I was. And, and I feel like there is maybe something, I don't know, like, sacred about keeping a little bit of mystery. Mm-hmm. To keep like if you if you're familiar with Esther Perel's work, she's like yes familiar familiarity, but oftentimes familiarity kind of kills the spark. Yeah, she's like you need familiarity. both. You need connection, familiarity, and that's because that's how you feel love. But you need mystery and like a little bit of jealousy and these kind of like you don't share every single thing with your partner. Mm-hmm. And there's the mystery there and some novelty that keeps the spark going. And I if you guys are not familiar with her work, you should definitely check out her TED Talk at the very least. Yeah, so I think. I mean, I totally get it. And it's interesting because I think everyone's different and I think it's a personal choice. But if you're not wanting to be intimate with your partner, like maybe consider talking about that. I think it's so tricky though when you're, when you don't want to, because it can be, it can be taken so personally. So personally. Right. Like I know a lot of times I was the, um, the one who was pursued, like I didn't instigate. Right. Sure. So then like the one or two times I instigated and he didn't want it. I felt so crushed. So I was like, see, this is why I never try to go feel first. So rejected. You feel so rejected. So it, it's so, it can be so tricky. I think it has to be handled very delicately, especially with male egos and all of that. And sexual preferences, I feel like are so like specific yeah. too, you know, that like there's so many sensitivities when two people come together, you have like past history and you have like, uh, like weird illicit preferences that like you might not feel comfortable sharing yet, but like you're trying to like, I don't know, like we've talked about this before, like, you know, both of us like to be a little bit manhandled in bed mm-hmm. and we like to be like, I mean, like I like to be choked a little bit and like maybe, I don't know, it's like light ass play, but <laughs> like to be beat over the head with a shovel there's but, like some but you can't this. like just get with someone and for the first time be like yeah like you choked me i mean i guess you just could. strangle me right now yeah it it could be come off a little awkward i mean maybe they're like cool i was planning on it and then they murder you yeah or maybe they're like ew gross like yeah. you know what i mean like that's that would the be- thing that's the thing i think we feel like somebody might be like oh that's so weird or right. that's gross and oh, yeah. then you're like super vulnerable oh just kidding never mind i didn't mean that yeah I, it's a tough it's tough conversations to have i think those conversations are best had after a few shots that's the best that's my advice i also think you Drink. should have like a little bit of a pre preemptive like hey like if we're gonna have this conversation like 
you don't have to agree, but you also can't like completely shut it down right away. Because I think <laughs> yeah. like as soon as, I think Renelle talked about this, right? Like as soon, or we talked about this in her episode that if like you share with your partner, like mm-hmm. something like a kink that you might have and it gets like shut down or it's like, ew, gross. Like you're never going to feel safe bringing something else up ever. Yeah, you never will. You never will. Were you ever in your marriage feeling like you had to do, uh, like have sex out of obligation? Um, No. I never felt like that. I, I mean, we were lucky. Like, we always just, you know, I, I can name on, like, one hand the number of times either one of us, were, like, turned the other one down because we were mm-hmm. tired or whatever. I think that's really rare. Um, it's one of those things that, like, I don't know that I ever – there were definitely times where I was, like, tired. Yeah. But I think it's like anything else. It's like you start – touching and if you like you know for me again physical touch so if like I just like touch it start like touching and kissing and making out and stuff I think sometimes we especially if you're with someone for a long time and you know the the, the different like moves and stuff you kind of skip all the foreplay yeah and I think go back to basics like I think I don't know like for me if I ever am feeling maybe not into it the more I like touch and kiss and mm-hmm. like whatever I'm like okay yeah like I'm ready to go you know so I think it needs yep. for women especially I think we need more ramp up time yeah and so I don't know that I ever felt like that and then always at the end I was like oh that was that's amazing like of course of course we should have done that yeah I felt there was a few times like during my adrenal fatigue stuff where I was just doing it because I'm like I need to because it's been too like it's time looking at my <laughs> like calendar like, I think it's a lot time. of people are like we have it on Saturdays I think yeah. that's normal actually <laughs> I was like okay it's been a couple weeks like he's probably getting grumpy like, I could tell you know like hangry but it's like for sex I'm like all right he's getting grumpy it's time but I always felt good after I was like oh that wasn't so bad I don't know why I built up in my head that it was way worse than it was but to that point there was another girl in the circle of these girls one of them had said she's she was married for seven years she goes I can count on one hand how many times I've had an orgasm and that would be a huge reason why I wouldn't want to if I wasn't orgasming then what's the point like what are we doing like the more we've talked to people the more we've dated too in the last like three four years we have had these conversations with various women and men and it's been interesting to hear that that's really common actually yeah that like maybe there's um you know trauma in their past like some emotional trauma that they can't allow themselves to be that like vulnerable it feels really like and so they don't ever get to the place where they can get off like physical limitations um I don't know over masturbating was a thing is for someone else <laughs> that's right you, you remember heard that yeah. yeah I think that could be very much a, a reason why you wouldn't want to like if you're not getting pleasure out of it it's like what's the point but I I remember actually Nate's fiance before we got together he was engaged and he said she had never had an orgasm in her life and I don't know if there was any trauma I, my assumption was there was some kind of uh sexual abuse or something but he was like we tried everything we tried all these things I think that if you can get an understanding partner if you can you know have somebody who at least tries like you have to try stuff together I don't know but it would be such a hard thing to um to deal with I don't I'm trying to picture if I had a partner who I really loved and we connected on all different levels but that part was off I hate to say it, but it would be really hard for me to stay with them. And I wouldn't want to break up with them because of it, but I would probably feel like I had to because that would take a piece of my pleasure in life out. You know? and, and meanwhile, we know a lot of couples who have been together for a long time and have just both decided yeah. that it's not that important in their relationship. And I think that's totally fine too. So long as there's a conversation that's had an honest conversation 
what do you think about people who like maybe they don't again they've been together for a long time and and Danny and I we always kind of caveat this by saying like we don't know what it's like to like have a bunch of kids and like you know be running a household and doing a full-time job like all those kind of things like I think it's a little bit different but what do you think about in those scenarios where someone turns to porn instead of are you okay with the person that you're seeing looking at porn so today yes i would be um but i remember back when i was only engaged and i found some porn on the computer and i was so upset about it like what are you doing looking at this stuff? Why and did you, why are you upset? Just I felt like it was like, why aren't you looking at me? Like, why can't I fulfill all of your needs? Right. Yeah. So it's, it's different now because I can understand how it's like, no, I, I maybe couldn't fulfill all your needs. I would hope to most of the time, but, but I But do you even think they're the same needs? No, no, I don't. I don't either. But I used to get, definitely get upset about that. Like, why would you need, it was like, it was like this thought of why would you need that? If I, if you have a live naked woman in front of you, why would you need to look at a naked woman on the internet? But it, I don't think masturbating and sex are the same thing. No, I don't think they are either. And I also don't think, have you ever looked at porn? Yeah. But By I, yourself? Uh, yeah. But Did I, it take away from the way you felt about your partner? No, I don't really look at porn. I don't look at porn in general. It doesn't really do much for me. Same. Um, Definitely don't really look at it during while I'm in a relationship, but the times I've looked at it, it's never had anything to do with the person. Right. Yeah. Just has to do with me trying to get off. (laughs) I think for some people it can be a real issue. I actually don't have an issue with it either in terms of so long as I'm getting my needs met in the relationship and it's not affecting our sex life. Yeah. Um, You know, I think for people, especially if they're watching porn a lot, they get, it's just like they get hypersexualized to the point where they have a hard time getting off. Yeah. It's easy to get aroused, but they have a hard time getting over the hump and being able to have an orgasm because they're so overstimulated because they have so many like images in their head and they're just used to like a certain level of arousal that it takes. Yep. And so I think that you have to kind of desensitize a little bit if you're someone who is maybe you've been single for a long time and like all you've looked at porn is at porn for months, you know, it's kind of like you might have to get back to like, cause you know, having a live woman or a live man in front of you is not the same as. Yeah. having like this very plastic yeah very like surgery very like perfected you know that's like entertainment that's not yep. real life and so I think we're up against a lot of things but I think porn is a lot bigger it's a lot bigger than I think we think it is I'm personally I mean I've looked at it plenty but it's not something that I go to I don't even think about it really yeah but I think for for men especially hetero men like I think that's part of like what they do on a day, you know, to be honest. Like I think I'm pretty sure Jade looks looked at it or looks at it like almost every day. Yeah. You know, in some way, shape, or form. It's so easy to get it now too. I don't remember like back in the day, they'd probably have to go buy a Playboy magazine yeah. and hide. And now it's just like it on just your images. phone. Yeah. Yeah. Now it's, now it's full like on full, videos. Like full on videos. Yeah. I mean, and I don't see masturbation as the same as sex either. Yeah. What do you think about that? I mean... For me, I'll often... Would it be upsetting to you if you found out the person you're dating is masturbating every day? No, it's... So, <laughs> so we talked about this before of, you know, we, you and I were talking about whether or not our ex-husbands were masturbating. And I think you had posed the question. I was like, 
gosh, I never thought about it, but I'm sure he was because I did. And <laughs> and you were like telling him. Yeah. Like somehow I managed to get time to myself to take care of myself, even though he was there. And so I think when I was married, I probably would have been upset. Like, well, why would you need to masturbate when I'm right here? Yeah. But sometimes it's just like you don't you just want to get you just want to get up. like I don't need to go through the whole thing. We don't need to <laughs> do the making out. I don't need to touch you. We don't need to like t- do the dirty talk. We don't need to go through the whole damn thing just to get up. Like, let me just take care of myself, go to bed. Um, and to that point, it's like, it's not always about thinking about you or not thinking about you. Some, like I literally just masturbated to go to sleep. Yeah. It's like, okay, cool. Well, you've have... already shared on the podcast that you've masturbated on planes. And I masturbate so if you're on ever ta- if you're ever traveling with Danny J, just make sure that she washes her hands. When I go to the bathroom and I'm gone for a you few you ever like shake hands with her or something. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it is. Why do I get you so get horny really on the You must be flying to your man. And you also, let me tell you, the plane bathrooms are so small. It is complicated. I've had so many like hamstring cramps and cat, like <laughs> the positions I have to get in to make it work is hard. It's so fun. You know, you had mentioned earlier about like taking it personally when the person you're with doesn't want to have sex or doesn't like initiate, right? Yeah. I need to tell a story because I'm such a fucking brat. I told you a story. So for me, because I'm physical touch mm-hmm. and I do like a, like a lot of sex and I also feel loved and appreciated in that way too. Like I feel like when my man wants me, like I'm like, and he does all the time, but like what I, that's how I feel. I don't know. I feel appreciated. I feel sexy. That's how like, and I know like, yeah, I feel sexy other ways too. But so this is a couple of months ago. We were, um, you and I were in Phoenix. So we left on Saturday and I was gone in Phoenix Saturday, Sunday, Monday. I came back Tuesday and Keith was working on Tuesday. He works 24-hour shifts. So yeah. then I didn't see him till Wednesday. And when I saw him, it was Wednesday afternoon and we jumped right in the car and we went to Mammoth. Yep. So I hadn't seen him. So we hadn't been, we hadn't had sex since Friday. Yeah. So it was like Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and then Wednesday. And then Wednesday night, we got into Mammoth at like 10 o'clock at night. And we went to bed. It was like the longest day. He drove like five and a half hours. He had just worked the day before and like all this kind of stuff. So we go to bed and I was tired too, but I couldn't get to sleep. And I'm lying there and I start, I'm start, he's passed out and I'm like getting more and more angry. Like I'm getting so angry. I'm like, <laughs> this motherfucker doesn't even want to have sex with me. We haven't, he hasn't like, he, we haven't seen each other. doesn't give a shit. I start getting more and more fucking angry. I wake him up at two in the morning and he's like, what is it? He's like, so he's like half asleep. He's like, what is it? And I'm like, do you not find me sexy? (laughs) He was like, what? And I was like, well, we didn't have sex tonight and I haven't seen you since last week. And he was like, what, Jill? What? He's of course I do. And I was like, whoa. I was like such a, f- I was like crying. He goes, are you crying? And I had tears in my eyes. I had tears morning. in my eyes. And he was, he was so like, almost, he was like having this conversation basically asleep. So then he's like, come here, come here, come here. And I'm like, no, you just want to have it now because I brought it up. <laughs> so then he's like, no, no, what? Come here. Just, and so he's like hugging me and like whatever. And then he falls back asleep. Yeah. So then I'm mad again because right. I'm like. You're like, okay, why'd you do that? So then I'm like moving around and like, I know I'm like annoying him because I'm like jumping around the bed trying to like get comfortable. And then like, I don't know, 45 minutes later, 
it's on. So like <laughs> three in the morning, we end up having sex. And then in the next morning, I was like, I woke up and like walked out, like got out of bed, with like my tail between my legs. And I was like, sorry about last night. <laughs> and he just looked at me like rolled his eyes because he just knew I mean I'm such a brat but it was like one of those things where that is my sensitivity yeah and like it's yeah. it, I feel so embarrassed even telling the story and even that it happened no it's but so, it's so real it is so real I feel that we want to be wanted and if you're not wanted sexually you're like what's wrong with me like what it just because I have everything else on lockdown yeah. it's so funny too because I'm seeing somebody now and I keep telling them I have all these double standards it's like I can be tired and reject you. But if you're tired and reject me like that, like you need to want me all the time, no matter how I look, how I smell. <laughs> when I walk into a room, you need to be. But for me, I could be wanting to go to sleep and just not thinking about it. Like, it's just funny how we do have these ideas of how it should be or like we just want to be wanted. And it's really valid. And it does make you feel like, especially, you know, in your case of you haven't seen somebody in a while, or maybe you've had a certain frequency and it's been going on and going on yeah. and suddenly it changes. You start to wonder, you start to question is that like something wrong, something wrong with me. Did I do something? Do I not? And maybe it has nothing to do with you and probably doesn't. Maybe it's just work and it's things come up. But when it changes, you start to go, oh my God, what is it? Why don't you like me anymore? Right. I think it's it works out better if people are on the same page. Yeah. But I definitely think you need to have a conversation about it. And that can be yeah. just like awkward as fuck. It's so awkward. It I remember um, when Jay and I were married, um, he had, it was the summer that he had just found the woman he had been in the relationship with, he found her with another dude. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know any of this was going on. And I remember for the first time in our relationship, he started bringing up some stuff about our sex life for the very first time. And he was kind of like, well, you know, I feel like sometimes it's forced. And like just saying shit like Mm -hmm. out of the blue. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like eight years into a relationship. And I was like, what? Like this is the first time you ever brought any of these complaints up. Meanwhile, I didn't know that he'd been sleeping with someone else for two years. Like I didn't know, you know, of course. And I loved what Renelle said in her episode where she was like, you just assume like they're having the best sex ever. And they're mm-hmm. not necessarily, you know, because mm-hmm. even I remember at one point Jade said to me, Jill, he goes, I think that you have it in your mind that like we had the best sex ever. He goes, honestly, sex with you is better. That's what he said. He goes, sex with you is better. Mm-hmm. He so he started bringing up this stuff and I was like what and I was really taking it personally because I was like you never brought this up before like why is it and I get like if but like why hadn't you said anything sooner so we vowed to have sex every day for like I don't know just the foreseeable future and yep. we did we had like sex like every day for like a couple months and I remember we got to the point where it was becoming like very routine because we were like well how do we get ourselves out of this rut and I do think that's like a, it's it's a way to reconnect yeah if you do feel disconnected at least emotionally it's a way to get physically close yep to have that you know showing studies that you do like your brain releases certain chemicals that make you like attach strong more strongly to that person yeah i think we've all had that experience but i remember after a couple months i was like okay this is like getting like it's just like too routine now it's like too not like it's mundane it's just like why are we keeping this up like what's actually changing and i do and it wasn't really that you know, and, and come to find out later that Jade was like, yeah, he was like, I don't even know why I brought that up. Yeah. I think I was just like grasping at straws, trying to figure out reverse engineer, like why I cheated. Mm-hmm. And I was just like blaming it on sex. That was the lowest hanging fruit. Like yeah. that seemed like the easiest thing to say. That's a cool thing that you guys did and that you kind of tried it because Heidi Powell, uh, Chris Powell, Heidi Powell, they, they're on some TV show. I forgot what it was. Transformation show. Um, but she made a post not too long ago about how they were sitting in the divorce lawyer 
divorce attorney's office and they were ready to sign papers and somehow a coach or a counselor or something suggested that they do 30 days of sex every single day. And she was like, this sucks and didn't, you know, hated it at first. And then it turned into like this reconnection and like finding, like finding appreciation for each other again. And I think it can do that. Like it does release chemicals and it does kind of force you, forces you to get close and forces you to maybe go, Hey, like I haven't seen you. And I think it could be an interesting experiment for couples. I don't think it's like the thing everybody needs to try, but I think if I got into a a long-term relationship again and things were kind of feeling off that it might be something I'd be like, Hey, maybe we should do this. Like I'd be ready to try anything to, um, to save a relationship and it's an interesting experiment. I it can is. see also how it can become routine though too. You're yeah. Like, I mean, okay. Routine for like a couple months, but I think it's, you know, that's the thing is what if you're in a relationship where sex isn't like a major factor, right? Mm-hmm. But you both kind of decided yeah. that it's not as important to you. Yeah. Is that okay? I think it's totally okay. Yeah. I think it really like, I would imagine that there's a lot of very like asexual relationships that are maybe didn't start that way, but turned that way. And people are okay with it. I think a lot of people are okay with less frequent. I don't think it's interesting because there's like quantity and quality, right? right? And I think some people are, they just need quantity. They just need to get it all the time, need to get it all the time. It doesn't matter. It could be a quickie, could be a long session, could be whatever. They just need to get it. And some people are like, you know, I just want to make love. And if it's good, then I'm you know, that's, I'm satisfied for a couple of days. It's like having a nice meal, like cool, had a really nice meal. I won't be hungry for another few hours or so. I think it's just, you have to decide what feels good to you and what, mm. and also what are you making of it? Like, what are you making it mean? Are you making it mean mm. if we're not having sex, you don't love me? Yeah. Are you making it mean if we don't have sex, we just don't have sex. It's just, you're tired. Like, are you creating a meaning out of something? And is that even true? Mm-hmm. To kind of telling your story, but like you that night. <laughs> like, so okay, how about we just go look at it? It's been five hour drive and we're tired. <laughs> I think, you know, I think sex in your 30s and beyond is a little bit different too than sex in your 20s and maybe your teens because I think early on, I can just speak from my own part of personal experience is like, I don't think you really know what you like. Yeah. Yeah. I think you just default to the dude because you're just like, oh, like they know what they want. And like, yep. it just, it seems easy. Like, oh, they get off. And like, I think for me, sex, it was always enjoyable. And I think it has much, and you've, obviously everyone's heard this as you get older, especially as a woman, I think you um, are less apologetic about speaking about what you want or verbalizing what it is that you want and what you need. And it's not always about getting off, but like, I don't know. I mean, to me, I'm like, if I'm having sex, like the majority of the time I do want to get off. It's not that it's not enjoyable. Otherwise, Mm. it's always nice to feel that closeness. I'm always just so surprised that women who maybe, you know, I think like 50% or more of women can't, cannot get off just through penetration alone. But I think there's a sensitivity or there can be a vulnerability of, I need some clitoral stimulation and like, I don't know if that's okay to do in this scenario. Cause then is the guy going to feel bad? But like at the same time, like I want to get off and like, so what are your thoughts on, do you have to have a conversation? Is it okay to just like fucking start touching yourself? Like how do you, and if it like, cause I mean, let's face it. Like we know how to touch ourselves like better. I mean, it's not that we can't have a dude do that or like grind up on something, but yeah, you know how to get your own self off. They're not going to, like, you'll have to teach them how or, like, give them some signals. It's interesting because when I was younger, you know, I've 
masturbated since I was little. (laughs) So I always knew how to get myself off. But I remember first having sex. I felt really like I wouldn't have orgasms because I just felt weird about it. Like I was embarrassed. Like I don't know what kind of faces I might make or I don't know. It was just kind of weird. You and I both been with some people that make some... Faces, sounds, noises. That. But I was with this guy who was actually, well, this is weird. So it was after my first boyfriend. I was with this guy that was 20 years older than me. And he was like, yeah, just do it. Like, tell me when you're going to come. And I was like, that's weird. But I started to do that. So then it started to become where it was, I was focusing on myself and my own pleasure versus him. And also I realized that he, he was getting pleasure out of me yeah. pleasuring myself. Yeah. So I started to become more open to that. And I think sometimes you do have to be with a partner that makes you feel comfortable because it can, it feels so vulnerable. It does. It feels so, like you expect the guy's going to come. Right. If they don't, then actually when I've, I've been with guys who didn't and they feel so shitty and then I feel, I'm like, oh my God, it's so, uh. Right. We take it on. We're like, yeah. what did I do wrong? Like, you but didn't like, come. But like guys how, don't really always yeah. think that. How many times have you never come and a guy's like, okay, cool. Right. Well, if, if a guy doesn't They're come like, it's us, a quickie and you're like, yeah, it was really fucking quick. Yeah. <laughs> it was quick for you. <laughs> Nothing happened for me. I'll still take <laughs> care of that later. Um, so it's like, it took me a while to be comfortable with a per- like orgasming with the person. I could orgasm by myself. I could get off by myself, but in front of someone felt embarrassing. And now, funny enough, now I'm like, I want to make sure that I get off because yeah. I'm pretty sure you're going to. So let me take care of me and make sure I'm doing it. Because I, I think I read some meme that said, do you think men would act different if they only orgasm 60% of the time? Just like in general, oh, dang. like, do you think men would act different? And I'm like, yeah, I think it's, it's male privilege. <laughs> Right, like they don't have to think about what is like to just be having sex and it's not happening for you. So I think we do as women need to advocate for ourselves, take it on, and just be just fucking do it. And have you ever faked? Yeah, have you? Yes, of course. <laughs> yeah, let's Here's talk about faking. So I have. Let's talk about but faking. Yeah. So I have faked when it was like a one night stand Mm -hmm. and I was like, it's just not going to happen. Like I'm just not, or I've had like a million drinks. I'm Mm -hmm. like, it's just not going to happen. And I like want it to be over. Yeah. I have not faked with someone who I really liked. I would instead, because, you know, the first couple of times you, like, sleep with someone, is like, it's not always the best. You're, like, just still, like, trying to figure out each other's, like, bodies and, like, what you like and stuff. I won't fake it if I really like the person. I want to see them again. Yeah. Because I'm, like, I I don't want that to become the precedent. I don't, because I I think, like, it's easy to go down that pathway of, like, well, I faked it last time. Now they expect I'm going to come in five seconds, so I better just fake it again because I don't want them, like, thinking it takes a long time. Yeah. So from the get-go, I was, like, actually, it takes me a little bit. Like, you know, I just wanted them to know up front that, like, I didn't say that, obviously. But I either, like, wouldn't. Yeah. Or I would, like, I would allow myself to, like, take the full... 15 minutes or whatever sure. it would take uh-huh. I think sometimes we have this sensitivity of like it's taking too long and then we're thinking about that it's like even like worse it's not you know what I mean so like being able to relax into it and I think <laughs> I'm just thinking about the dudes that some of the dudes that you and I have been with who if they're like are you close are you close are you close and you're like what the fuck like <laughs> I was close yeah, until you asked me yeah. a million fucking times yeah. now yeah. I just start all over again yeah. no, I had this guy who kept saying did you really? And I'm like, oh my God, like, uh, just kept saying stuff that just would throw me off of my mental game. And I'm like, okay, well we're done now. Well, they're like, are you clo- how close are you? Like, 
Are you going to come? You should come. And it's like, okay, like I will in my own time. So I think for me, yeah, of course I have. But you know what's interesting is I've talked to a lot of my guy friends and most of my guy friends have as well. And I'm like, when is the time that you do? And they're like, whiskey dick. Yeah. Yeah. They're like whiskey dick typically Mm -hmm. because they're just like, they just know it's not going to fucking happen. So they're just, yeah, especially if they're with like kind of a... If it's more of like a one night stand or something. Yeah. Yeah. But like not with someone that I actually want to like eventually come with. Like I'll just, I just won't or. I definitely faked a couple times in my marriage when I just wanted to be over. Or I knew like, so during my adrenal fatigue too and on antidepressants, like on, on the antidepressants I was on, I just could not, like I couldn't get off masturbating and just nothing. It was like just from the waist down done. And it's like. Did you not want to tell him? You know, I think that. Sometimes it was just easier to just pretend like, I don't know. There's been times that I just didn't. Like, I was just like, okay, But it cool, didn't affect your, your ability to eventually. I think sometimes we, like, once we start faking, we're like, well, I'm just going to always fake now. Yeah, cause, yeah. Because, like, it might take, well, whatever. Sure. But for you, it didn't. No, no. But it's definitely, like, to your point, you know, with somebody that I want to be with, I don't want to... I don't want to fake it because, yeah, because then what they think they're doing is working and you're like, no, don't, don't, <laughs> just I don't kidding, need you to working. repeat that. I know I've been coming, I'm in quotes, air quotes, coming <laughs> when you do that, like when you pretend you're a DJ on my clit, but that actually doesn't work. So yeah, it's not working. So yeah, I don't want to, I don't want to give them um, false like praise. Like I want to encourage the correct <laughs> want, behavior. I don't want positive affirmation yeah. for things that are not actually yeah. But yeah, I could see I could see faking an orgasm just to get it over with for sure. Just like I'm tired, it's not happening. I have even said to the point though, sometimes I'm just like, hey, it's just not gonna happen. Like, like you're done. You can stop now. We can just we can just call it <laughs> some dudes take that just, as like a challenge. We can just call it oh, that's happened before too. That's happened like take it as a challenge. I'm like, no, it's just not happening yeah, tonight. No, it hurts. It's all good. Stop it. <laughs> you can quit now. I'm what are your wrong. thoughts on lube? I have never had to use lube, but I would. Um, Same. I haven't. uh, But I think it's perfectly fine. Yeah. I think everyone's different. I mean, I've never had to use it, but I don't think that's an indication about like, you know, I think I think it's really I think it can feel shameful to use it, but I don't think you should feel shame. (sighs) If I was doing anal, I would. Oh, obviously. (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Uh, But yeah, I well, how about toys? I'm not a huge fan of toys. Mm-hmm. I was dating a dude a couple of years ago who pulled out a cock ring and I enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. I'm, I've never been into vibrators ever. Yeah. I've never been into vibrators. My college boyfriend bought me one and I maybe used it like once or twice, but. Do you think some guys could be like feel if you're using a vibrator that they're not doing their job? Because I think some women need a vibrator. Kid. Yeah, I agree. I don't yeah. think there's anything wrong with that. I think it's personal preference, 100% personal preference. I think a lot of people like toys, especially if you're, I mean, masturbating for sure. But I don't know. I've just never thought about it. Yeah. See, I'm I'm the same way. I never really needed objects or toys or anything, but. Or wanted, not needed, but maybe wanted. Yeah. Or yeah, both. I mean, I have been with somebody who brought some toys. We gave him a nickname. Bag of tricks. Bag of tricks. <laughs> was with the guy who basically had a bag of all kinds of things. Did that turn you on? Toys. It was actually fun. Like I, the thing was, it was my first, well, it's not my first time, but I was with a couple of guys too, who both had kind of a bag of tricks and it was fun. 
the first one, I was actually a little traumatized. I remember leaving thinking, I don't know if I like that or if I was terrified. Because it was a little bit of a heavy bag of tricks. Like it was like like a whip kind of thing, like a stick not a whip, but mm-hmm. basically like I was getting hit with a stick and flogger. Yeah, that's what it was. Um, I read 50 shades and I wasn't really sure how to take it. It took me a little while to process it. I think it it's fun, but for every time it would feel like so much work. Yeah. It was just like, dang, that was like a two hour session. Right. It's like blindfolds. Just, yeah. Yeah. All of that stuff. So I'm like, yeah, that's great, but not for an everyday sexual occurrence. That's like for special occasions. Yeah. Just ball gag me for special occasions. <laughs> it has definitely been interesting. And I think for you and I can speak for both of us that, you know, we, I had not had that many partners actually. Yeah. When up until the point I was married, I had a handful and I've had a lot more since, but I think it's interesting. I remember when we were getting married and Jade said, not like on our wedding day, obviously, but like we were, we were engaged and he was like, so you're really okay having sex with one person for the rest of your life. And I was like, of course, like, mm-hmm. why would I ever need anything else? You know? And I felt that truly in my bones. And now I'm like, I don't know, actually, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. if I could, would you be not, open to a polyamorous relationship? No, not at all. I'm too, way too fucking jealous. No, definitely not. Um, <laughs> and I, I like it from the perspective of the fact that like you have, it's a whole other level of trust mm-hmm. in that capacity but I feel like my trust has been tested enough like I'm just kind of like you know what and also I don't feel like there's need for it yeah like you know we can have the conversation about like is you know uh, monogamy natural and all that kind of stuff and I don't think that like biologically it is natural but I do believe that humans are conscious beings we're highly conscious beings where we can we have a a prefrontal cortex that can actually override those like animalistic like I want to fuck and here's the thing is like you know we've talked about this a lot there's always going to be attractive people I've even talked about this with Keith he's like of course he's like tricks are always going to be hot yeah and you're always going to even think like oh I wonder it'd be like she I wonder what she looks like naked I wonder what that dude wonder that dude's a big dick like I think we're always going to be thinking about those things yeah but you have to ask yourself like do is that really what yeah I want it's like there's you're going to have the same issues with someone else too. It's like, sure, the sex might be different. Sure. Is it better? Is it worse? Is it worth it? And so I think that polyamory is fine. And I see it as maybe a growth enhancing tool for some people. And I could see why it is. But I think that, you know, for me, I love the idea of having one person and being in that place. I do believe that you need to have honesty though. I think that it's very normal for someone to feel like they maybe want something else. I mean, that's valid. I mean, Keith and I even have a conversation before we moved in. I was like, Hey, I can totally understand. This is my sensitivity as you know, my history. Um, and I said, um, I can understand thinking of people try, I can even understand why to be with someone else. And mm-hmm. I get that. But like inclusion is key for me. And just yep. because you share with me that like you might be interested in someone else or like there's you have like that doesn't mean I'm automatically out, but it means like we have to have a conversation about that. I know it can be scary and like most people would avoid that. That's why affairs happen. Yeah. And so, you know, I don't know that I could ever be in a polyamorous relationship. Probably not. How about you? I don't think so. I'm too jealous. I again, back to the double standard. I'd be like, sure, I can, but you can't. No, you wouldn't want to either. <laughs> I I wouldn't. It's interesting. Like when I got married, um, even before I got married, when I'm with the person I want to be with, I s- start to want to close off all the other. Like I don't, I start to not see other people. Yeah, like 
I, you and I talked about this a lot of times when we were just like, man, when I was married, I didn't even notice other guys. It okay. just didn't, they just didn't come into my, like, sure, they were attractive, but it just. You never of, had dick FOMO? No, but I, this being <laughs> single has been made me thinking, has made me think about dick FOMO. My, you, was, uh, early on, I mean, you haven't done, said this in a while, but early on when you were kind of starting talking to your dude a little bit, you're like, well, what if a <laughs> dick comes along that I'm curious about? <laughs> I was I was talking to uh, Elizabeth in Utah and she was like, you're an idiot. She she was like, there's no dick phone. She goes, I go, what if there's a dick I haven't had yet? She goes, there's tons of dicks you haven't had yet. <laughs> and she's like, they're all the same. They're just the same but different. And I was like, I know, but she's and they're like, always around. That's she's the like, thing. Stop you need being... an abundance mindset. I know. They're always around. I understand it's ridiculous and I had to get over it, but I just needed to get it out of my system. I needed yeah. to say it. And I think it's also valid. Like, it's not wrong. I think that's biological, especially, you know, you and I talked about this the last few years when we were dating, we went from never seeing any dudes to constantly looking at dudes. Yeah. You know, like literally did a total 180 to having this like constant scan. I remember I'd go into any restaurant, gym, airport, anywhere and be and be like, <laughs> what prospects are here? You know, not consciously, but yeah. just like constantly. No, we'd be at, at Gold's Gym and Jill would be like. Turn to the right, blue shirt, tall. I'm, I'm like, like Wait, back right what? corner. <laughs> and I'm like, I didn't even get a, you were really good at the scan for sure. I was like, oh, wait, okay. I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah, you were a little late on the pickup. But yeah, and then kind of going into a relationship, it took me a couple of months yeah. to really transition into, and I remember you and I went away, we were traveling together and, and we were out and I, it was the first time that I consciously remember like not scanner for dudes you know mm-hmm. and it was not that i was ever i wasn't unfaithful obviously but it was like you it takes a while to you i just think start, turn that off because yep. you're so used to so many options all the time yeah and then when you don't when you're with someone and you go you don't think you just turn it off and you're like cool i don't like i turn off all other options i think it's a process of going because you are there is a sense of missing out or you know they kind of show they do show in research that a lot of times we're more scared of losing options than we are of like committing to something Mm -hmm. you know and so I think that makes sense so I mean I think it could be dick FOMO or it could just be autonomy FOMO or something (laughs) I want to do what I want to do when I want to do it yeah yeah I've noticed over the last few weeks um we just well, I don't want to say we just decided to be exclusive, but I did. He probably already did way before I did. But um, I have noticed that the options I had in the past are popping up. And I've just been telling him, like, hey, I'm seeing somebody now. And I haven't felt like – I felt good about it. I'm yeah. like, yeah, I'm making a decision. I was like, what emotion are you feeling? And you were like, relief. Yeah, it feels good to say that. And I've also noticed where – like we were all walking on the strand maybe today or yesterday. I don't know, can't keep my day straight, but I was like, that guy was attractive. But it was it was a different mentality than I had before. Then like, hey, I wonder what's up with him. He's hot. I was just like, yeah, this is a good looking dude. And then it was just like on, like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going still. It was very different feeling about seeing somebody attractive. And it's like slowly turning into like, yeah, I don't care, which is weird. I'm getting it over my dick weird. FOMO. <laughs> well, I'm proud of you. It's taken a, it's been a good amount of time, but yeah, I mean, I do. I love this conversation. We'll probably have to do another one, but this is, you know, what we should do is we should do a Q, a sex Q and A maybe. 
Ooh, and like yeah. all obviously like we don't know we're not sex fucking experts and we're definitely not <laughs> we're definitely don't know everything there is to know but what I makes think, you an expert do you have to have sex a certain number of times or a certain number of partners <laughs> and i think you have to be <laughs> circumspect i don't know that i have thought about sex from other people's perspectives yeah so i'm an expert in my own experience yeah but you know i think that sex is so specific that you know you might be listening to this and you're like the and you're married for 30 years and like these chicks have no fucking idea what they're talking about totally and i think that's fine i think yeah. that's valid and i guess i'm just saying that and preempting that so if you are thinking that and you're like you know this is not resonating with me or this is maybe you are thinking this resonates with me but i think it depends on where you are in your life too yeah and i don't think that there's any right or wrong way to have a sex life I think it's kind of like what you decide. I do think that you have to, that I would advocate for communication of some sort, even if it's awkward as fuck. And, but fucking get yours. Get That's yours. That's another thing. I'd say there was a, a, we follow on the podcast Instagram, another podcast called, I think it's called How We Come or something. Mm. But it's basically, and it, I never listened to a single episode. I just see their stories. And it's a whole episode on, if you've never orgasmed, I think find this podcast because I think she basically helps you learn how to orgasm and I want every woman to know how to take care of herself so that <laughs> you get pleasure because yeah don't don't not get off get off girlies get yours you need to get yours and I'm because gonna get what's mine can happen wait you ask for what you want or like you touch yourself during sex and like I don't know what is someone gonna be like no dude I love touching myself during sex I think masturbating is hot. Sometimes when I'm on my period, I'm like, let's just masturbate together. That could be fun. Oh, hell yeah. Totally. Get it. Side by side. Either that or it's like blowjob week. <laughs> or shower well, sex week. Oh, God. We'll have to do a whole other episode on oral. We didn't even really touch that. No. All right. Well, let let's us know what you guys up. thought of this and maybe fill in some of your ideas and whether you fake, I think we should do fake. a Q and A though. Maybe we should do a Q and A. Maybe this Definitely. hopefully this opened up a whole can of worms, and you're like, well, but what about this? But what about this? And what yeah. about that? We want to hear from you guys. Let's tell us your experience. And there's no right or wrong. I think that's the cool thing about this is like it's so personal preference, and it's so just like I don't know. Specific. I'm feeling like all these ideas now we could go on like oral talking about like uh, manscaping and like grooming. There's so <laughs> many ways. Should we do a whole episode on manscaping? We maybe. I dude, I was with this one dude who had, um, what's it where you get the laser? Yeah, laser, laser hair removal. Yeah. Everywhere. It was wow. so weird. Yeah. It was so plastic to me. But what's... There was not one single even hint of a pube. I was like, this is gross. I feel like I'm fucking like Ken. <laughs> one single hint of a pube. Wait, what's worse though? Would you rather have Ken doll dick <laughs> or... <laughs> Jungle bush. Like, poof. Like, you have to swim through the jungle to get... And, like, you can't... His dick looks like it's half an inch long because the bush is so... Like, it's an afro. No, I think I'd like Ken... <laughs> Ken dick better, but... I don't know. I think there's a middle ground. I Should think we put that on a that. poll in the Instagram story? Yes. Jungle bush or Kendall? Yeah, he went, like, ten times. And I was like, this is weird. That is actually kind of weird. just super weird. Yeah, I feel like girls do that, but uh, it seems odd. Even yeah. with girls, I think it's a little weird. I mean, I do yeah. full Brazilians, but I think like, I don't know. I think it's normal to have like. A know. little stubble. Yeah, a little stubble. It's fine. Have a 
crotch beard. It makes it feel human. <laughs> All right. Well, you know what? We will. We'll talk about it in a separate episode. <laughs> well, let's do a Q&A next time. It'll be fun. All right. You guys hit us up on the Instagram, yeah. the Best Life Podcast, and our DMs if you want to ask any questions or if you want us just to talk about or go off on another subject like this. <laughs> and uh, we love you. Please leave a review. Uh, subscribe so you get these immediately. And we'll see you on the next episode. Bye, guys. <laughs>